Hey folks, I'm Bo Cordell, and on this episode of Inside the Control Room, we're talking with the game day producer of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In a few minutes, we'll hear how producer Mike Doosnap made the jump from college to the NFL, what specific tools he uses to engage their fans, and all the fun details of the Bucks' new control room. Also, we've got several treats for you if you go visit the show notes after listening. Mike shared with us an example game day script, as well as a custom producer's cheat sheet that he uses during each game. And they even sent us over an awesome video tour of their control room that I know you'll want to see. Check it all out at inthecr.com after listening to this episode of Inside the Control Room. Mike Doosnap, welcome to Inside the Control Room. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so Mike was my very first producer out of college. We uh, we worked at the University of Georgia uh, athletic department with Dactronics, and uh, yeah. So tell me where you what you've been doing the last couple of years. Yeah, so I was at Georgia for gosh eleven years, I think. Um, and this last year, uh, I think in July. I took a new job with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as their game day producer. And uh, part of that was coming in with a uh, brand new control room with Tampa Bay. Uh, they installed it over the summer. It actually was getting finished right when I got hired. And so, you know, the challenge there was coming into a new environment, new crew, um, obviously all new equipment. And then they also uh, put in brand new uh, video displays and ribbons throughout the stadium. So, um, you know, I kind of, I got dropped in last minute, but it wasn't the first time it's ever happened and, uh, kind of dove right into the football season. Yeah. So how'd the season go? Season was great. Uh, there was a lot of, uh, growing pains, I would say during the start of the season and I, that comes with any, uh, new control room and, you know, people trying to adjust to, to how to use the equipment, you know, how to, how to basically link things up. Uh, we, we kind of changed a lot throughout the season. At first we were kind of having certain operators trigger certain things and then we found better ways of, uh, of doing things. But I think overall, you know, I think we finished the season strong last three, four games. Uh, we won, which winning, winning changes everything, but, uh, we had better crowds. Everybody was into it. And I think the control room and the show had a better flow. So I'm, I'm really excited going into year two here to kind of really take advantage of what we got. Very cool. So tell us a little bit about, uh, all the new stuff last year as you were coming in so new control room, new video displays. Tell us, tell us what all you have there. Yeah. So we, uh, they, they basically gutted their old control room. I think they expanded the room. Uh, they doubled it. Uh, and what they did is they added in um, a lot more user stations. So we got a Dreamcatcher for our replay system. And then uh, we have, I think, five Ross expressions. And the reason for that is we have all of our displays are independent. And so we do a lot of really cool things with 360 where every board is operating on its own content and kind of gives you that 360 experience. But with that, we need all the power and all the machines to do it. So... Um, I believe one expression operates just the towers alone, and then we have an expression that operates our main boards. Certainly, there's a backup in there, and then we use a couple expressions mainly just for dashboard and uh, user face or user interfaces. But um, it allows it gives us a lot more flexibility. So all the all the stuff isn't just on one person. Um, outside of that, we got a uh, click effects um, to run a lot of our commercial spots uh, videos. Uh, we have Ross, Expre- uh, Ross Switcher, which is awesome, so it allows it to communicate to all the expressions. Uh, we actually use the Ross uh, Switcher to trigger a lot, a lot of our stuff. 
Um, outside of that, we have a lot of Dactronics. All the displays are Dactronics, so we have Dactronic Show Control. Um, I think what else we have? We have uh, Inception for all of our uh, social media. And then we have 13 cameras, 13 cameras uh, plus 12 truck feeds, which gives us a lot of different angles. Uh, main reason for that is we were challenged to do triple replays. So we use our towers to give fans two additional angles outside of our main board. And so our replay operators are kind of split up between main towers, and then we also have a replay producer. Um, but with all those different angles, we needed to basically shoot uh, kind of like iPhone style for the towers. So we actually dedicate four of those cameras to shoot iPhone style for the towers to give the, the fans that unique uh, unique angle, I guess, for replay. Yeah, so tell me a little bit more about the triple replay. So you're using four cameras to shoot basically vertical video. Yeah. So and so where what angles are they? Where, where are these cameras? Oh gosh, you're going to ask me that. Um, I think we use, I think, two slashes and then two... Uh, two on-field or close-to-field cameras. Um, I know that we're switching a lot up this year, so I've kind of put last year to the side, so we're kind of re reconfiguring how we want cameras to shoot. But, but yeah, there's two on each side of the field, so that basically gives us two different angles uh, depending on which play, way the play is going. Um, but, yeah, the, those specific cameras, those four, are taped off just to shoot iPhone style. So that way in their viewfinder, they're not you know cutting someone's head off, whatever. So that was probably the biggest challenge is, you know, no one's really shooting live game action for a display that's you know vertical um but it, it was really cool once we launched the nice thing is the displays aren't right next to each other uh there's quite a big a bit of a gap between the main display and the towers so you kind of your eyes train you to look at the main display but then you kind of if you have i guess add or something you can look to your right or your left and you can see multiple angles so it's just a cool experience and it gives fans you know just a little bit more unique display or unique uh production in our stadium that's that no one else is doing so that's really cool um, so tell us a little bit more about how the replay producer, how that works. So does he have his own switcher or is he just calling it out? How's that, how's that workflow? So he basically, um, communicates to me when he's got a package on a player. So he's building packages throughout the game, almost like television style. Um, it's one of one thing I got from, uh, working at Georgia the last two years, I was fortunate enough to work on, uh, SEC network productions. And so, I got a little bit more understanding as far as television background and kind of how to produce those shows. And so my thought process coming in here was to kind of morph the two, uh, give fans, you know, that normal video board show where they, you know, they want to see themselves on the display, but also at the same time, you know, really entertaining them, giving them all that information that they get at home um, during a TV broadcast. So he's really uh, putting the, put together packages on just about all of our players. And I say is it's usually just ours. We don't really focus on the visiting team. Um, so, for example, he might have a package of Mike Evans. Uh, we provide him with front ends. Uh, we, we use our towers to splash stats and information if the guy sets a, a milestone. So that way, when the replay package goes up, you know, the graphics guys are splashing stats to basically you know, kind of tell that story without a, a commentator, per se. So, um, yeah, so throughout the entire game, he's building packages and mainly, you know, sack packages, defensive packages packages player packages he also does uh our halftime highlights or he did we're actually moving that to uh, a person that's actually going to edit live during the game and make it more of a music video um but again he's just kind of telling a story throughout the game as far as you know things develop if you know Jameis winston's having a great game might set a, a milestone or you know just having a great game you know we certainly want to show that stuff when, when he's running back out in the field or something like that that's cool you know, what, what do you think's unique about Raymond James and the, and the show that you produce? 
Yeah, so I, I would say that one of my biggest challenges coming in um, was, you know, meeting with our ownership and kind of figuring out, you know, what, what, what kind of show we were trying to put on and what kind of show where we were trying to go. Uh, when I came in, there was a lot of uh, commercials and features that really didn't, I, I wouldn't say they weren't entertaining, but they just weren't really driven for fan engagement. And so one of our challenges was to uh, basically gut our entire rundown and take out um, about half of our stuff. And so the idea there is every time we would take a break, you know, maybe 30 seconds, 45 seconds would be kind of pushing it. Um, we would use that for sponsors or any kind of in-game entertainment, whatever. And then after that, up until, I guess, like another minute 30 or almost two minutes, it would just be live fan shots. And the idea there was that people were coming to the games. They want to see themselves on the board. Um, certainly if we're in the game, we have that energy going. It gives us a lot more flexibility where we don't have to rush into some kind of uh, – sponsor feature we can stay live and keep the crowd going maybe throw in that sponsor feature and then get back to the crowd and really not kill the crowd so the crowd's always in it um and so that was kind of a challenge you know a minute 30 or two minutes of live cameras is a very long time especially in game um but you know somehow we pulled it off i think that was obviously having the 13 cameras helped uh one thing that we're adding is an additional wireless camera just to have another guy up in the stands getting those up close camera shots um some other things, we uh, we went from, I'm not exactly sure where we were, let's say maybe the bottom of the NFL in fan engagement to number one. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with Game Changer and doing interactive uh, game features. And two of them we did was uh, Ford Tug of War, where we had two contestants on the field with an uh, uh, iPad or a tablet. And basically we would run these, these games on the board, and as they're tapping their tablet, um, they're actually interacting with the display. But at the same time, all the fans in the stands could play along with our app. So they could log in, they could tap the screen, they could pick uh, the red truck or the blue truck. Uh, I think we did a ship race. Um, and the cool thing there was, again, it's a way to get all the fans in the stadium to play along. Um, you know, you'll see it a lot with, like, chants. We do a Tampa Bay chant. But, again, there's really no incentive there. It's just more of like, you know, them kind of starting that or us trying to trigger it. But with this, it was really cool for fans to play along and kind of determine the outcome of the game um, in, the, in the winter. Uh, one thing I think we're going to try to do this year is to give fans a kickback on their phone um, for those that actually play along. Um, and if they're, you know, truck wins or ship wins, um, they would get some kind of kickback on their phone. But, you know, I think that, that, that certainly helped with fan engagement. I think the other thing is we use our towers, um, for social media throughout the entire game. So it's not just a, a feature or randomly pops up. Uh, I think we go through oh gosh, 500 photos a game, maybe even more. And they're just oh, constantly wow. popping up on the towers. Yeah. So, you know, fans are really getting the opportunity when they come to our games, they're really getting the opportunity to put their face on the display. Um, and I think that's why they're coming to the games. They want to have fun and they want to see themselves in the screens and, uh, see other people on the screens, obviously. But, uh, yeah, that's I think certainly helped with fan engagement for sure. Yeah, that's crazy to go from from one of the worst to the best in fan engagement. Yeah, no, it's awesome. It really is. And I think uh, we're we're doing a lot more. Uh, we're trying to push a lot more things this year too. And I don't know if we're actually going to do them yet or not. But uh, like I said, Game Changer has a lot of really cool features, and one of them was uh, this new Snapchat. Uh, gosh, I don't even know what it's called uh, VR or whatever. But it allows fans basically to be. Uh, kind of like the Snapchat filter, where as we're shooting them, we can throw a pirate patch on their face and it actually sticks to their face so that it recognizes their face. Um, you can put a jersey on them, maybe opposing player or opposing uh, fan will put a Bucks jersey on or something. But, you know, again, <laughs> trying to find ways to 
to have fun, entertain, and uh, not just you know run commercials, basically. Yeah. So Game Changer is uh, it's a service or an app where they what do they do? Bring bring in a computer and interface into your system. Yeah, I believe so. Um, you know, again, we haven't looked too much into it. Uh, they demoed it at Idea, um, actually in the stadium with us, and it was really cool. But uh, I believe, yeah, something runs through there. Our cameras run through their machine or maybe specific cameras, and then it allows them to uh, do facial recognition um, or body, I guess. At that point, you know, I assume it's just a click of a button. You can slap, a, I think they were doing emoji faces at uh, Idea, but... Again, it's really cool. So as you're moving or you're trying to get it off of you, you can't. It's like stuck to your face just <laughs> like your, your cell phone. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it could yeah. be a lot of fun for sure. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, so you, you had mentioned that you also use Inception for social media stuff. So how's that, yep. how's that work? That's another Ross product? Yeah, it's a Ross product. Basically, uh, we have an operator. Uh, it's actually a, a Tampa Bay Buccaneers staff member just to, to protect us. But um, they're just monitoring photos coming in. We use a specific hashtag. I believe we used Seize the Day last year. Um, and we're just picking photos throughout the game. You know, like I said, there's a lot of photos coming through. So that person, you know, is trying to refresh probably every 10, 15 minutes with a new batch of photos. So, um, you know, the idea is try to get as many people up on those displays as possible. Uh, again, the nice thing with our, our towers, again, we're, we're very fortunate to have these unique displays. It's just like your cell phone. So, if you take a selfie with your cell phone, the idea there is that it fills the entire display. So it's, again, not just this small little photo. Your face is huge on these giant towers, and it's got your your uh, social media handle. We, we kind of stay away from um, all the Twitter messages and, um, I guess, just tweet tweets that go out. and just more or less strictly focus on uh, on photos. You know, that's mostly what people want to see. Yeah. So, um, the only other thing, too, I forgot to mention was... Um, we, we started pushing this new uh, promotion called Fan Prompts, and we, we, I think about halfway through the season, we really started using them. But basically, we encourage fans to take about a 7- to 10-second video of themselves trying to pump up the crowd. And so okay. and we, push them to, we push them to use their cell phone. So we, you know, we don't really care if it's not crystal clear, it's grainy, whatever. Um, in the... The result has been awesome. We're getting these fan prompts from Japan and Wisconsin and all Oh, no the way. Place. So it's not just people in the stadium. Exactly. So we're pushing it during the week. We're actually going to push it during training camp. We're going to have a little booth where people can go and shoot themselves. Um, and so on a big third down, the nice thing now is I have an arsenal of these fan prompts that it's like, I don't know, uh, Mike Deucey pops up on the screen. Hey, fans, I need you to get loud. It's third down. We can do this. You know, and we go into our normal crowd prompts, and it's actually gotten a really good uh, feedback. I actually can hear the crowd getting louder. So, and again, it's it's unique every game. You don't know who we're going to use. Um, you know, we we certainly have celebrities, and we certainly have former players and current players. But again, it's really cool to use fans to try to get other fans involved. Um, I really think it's going to take off this year two here. Uh, tell us a little bit about like the employee structure. So how, like during the week, we'll, we'll talk about during games in a minute, but during the week, what does your department look like? So uh, our department is very unique. It's, uh, it's myself, uh, Dan Roy is our engineer. Um, and he's the man. He basically takes care of everything in the stadium uh, from uh, the control room to our concourse TVs to um, just about anything you can think of that plugs into the wall. Um, and then he also takes care of our, uh, our one buck facility too. So, uh, we have a lot of events over there, uh, especially um, in our auditorium. Uh, we're actually building a, 
in the process of building an indoor and practice facility. So I'm assuming, I'm assuming there'll be a lot of uh, events over there for that too. Um, but then outside of him, uh, I think about halfway through the season, we brought in uh, Greg Mays from, from Georgia as well. And uh, he's, he's come on as our content manager. Um, as you can imagine with five expressions and, you know, our Ross or our uh, click effects machine, stuff like that. It's just a lot of content to manage script, uh, basically make sure it all works properly on game day. So he's actually grinding right now, trying to get ready for the season. Um, and just basically kind of coming up with a good workflow with our operators. And then he's also moving into our director position this coming season here. So I, that's it. I mean, there's really no one else full time out of that. We do use our, uh, our digital department. Uh, we have a couple guys that'll create some pieces for us. Uh, Josh Lane, who will, uh, be cutting, I think, three of our intro videos this season, um, and then he works a lot, a lot of our uh, community service stuff, um, and I'm trying to think what else he does. You know, we try to use a lot of our web-based stuff um, or TV stuff in-game a little bit, so we'll cut some of that stuff down just to kind of showcase, you know, what we're doing in the community with players and in our organization, but um, outside of that, it's really it. Everybody else is freelance. Okay, so so your main role is just the video board show. You've, you've got a, they've got different people for the website? Exactly. Yeah. So my, my main job is to manage or produce, you know, the, the in-game experience. So, you know, obviously it's 10 games throughout the, gosh, six, eight, whatever months. And then as soon as the season ends, you know, the off season starts and it's prep, you know, shooting players and getting, getting everything kind of lined up for the next season. So that's, that's kind of a nice dream team, you, Dan and Greg, cause I know we yeah. worked, we worked with Dan a lot. He's a great dude. And uh, I know you, uh, you and Greg have worked together for a while, so that's that's fun. You were able to yeah put together a cool team there. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so then, on game day, what's it look like? So on game day, I wouldn't know the exact number of people, but it's in the thirties. Um, you know, like I said, you have thirteen camera operators, and then you have a couple grips there. Uh, we have you know, a couple shaders. So again, you're looking at about thirty to forty people on game day that come in. Um, and that's, you know, basically the control room and the camera operators. So, you know, it's, it's very, I would say one thing that we learned from last season is that we didn't rehearse very much. Uh, one thing that we're, I'm pushing for this year, and we did it a little bit last year, um, is we have a couple rehearsal dates set up before our first preseason game. And then we also have another rehearsal date set up for a, uh, before our first regular season game. And again, you got to think about these guys are going, you know, they're freelance, so they're going from baseball to basketball to whatever. Um, you don't really want them coming in fresh for your first game and not actually knowing what we're going to do. So we'll, uh, we'll do some rehearsals. Uh, one of them actually will bring in a youth football team. Uh, they get this great experience where they go and play on the field. Uh, we'll, we'll pretend like they're, you know, Jameis Winston and Mike Evans run out of the tunnel. Um, and these kids love it, but it also gives us the opportunity to fire up the cameras, test equipment. Um, you know, really kind of just, it's almost like a, you know, the players rehearse, you know, in shorts, kind of a walkthrough. Yeah. It's very similar. That's very similar to that. That's smart. Because I, I have to imagine with uh, so many of your own cameras that uh, camera assignments are pretty big. You don't want everybody shooting the same thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, especially with Greg stepping in this year as our director, you know, there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. Last year, he was basically produ- he was, he was our graphics producer, for say. So he was overseeing all of our graphics. So nice thing is he knows all of that. He's building all of that. So now he's got to switch gears. And, you know, work with the cameras and making sure that he knows what cameras are shooting what angles for him. Um, and so those rehearsals will be huge for that, too. You know, the other thing, too, is, you know, we have some other rehearsals set for uh, live game data. And the reason for that is, you know, we use our towers to basically display any type of data you can think of from fantasy stats, out-of-town scores to, to in-game stats to um, 
gosh, there's just so much stuff that goes through those towers. So there's really no way to rehearse that except for on game day when everything gets fired up and turned on. So we have a couple of rehearsal dates where there's some out-of-town games going on that we're not even involved in that we can actually pull in that data and test a lot of those uh, a lot of those graphics. So you know, just a, there's a lot of testing that goes involved or gets involved because of the fact that you don't want to you don't want to go on game day and all of a sudden you know everything's not linked properly or you know you know working properly. So yeah. So last year, uh, was there a time where everything just went south? Was there ever a time where something went really bad? I wish I could say no, but uh, but yeah, we had we had a few uh, like I said, growing pains. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of a, a few of the experiences. One of one of the experiences our our switch racks was actually one of our camera I think routes um, was acting up and instead of giving us a, a picture and the picture was showing up on our monitor wall just fine, so you'd think that you'd be able to punch to it. It was giving us uh, basically camera fuzz, and so every time we would cut to it, but we couldn't figure out why it would show up and it wouldn't be the camera angle. So, you know, that stuff happens. Unfortunately, um, you, know, you kind of just push through it. It maybe did it for, I don't know, five minutes maybe, but it felt like an eternity. Probably felt like an hour. <laughs> um, we had a, our, one of our audio boards. Uh, our audio board kind of went down for a little bit. Again, felt like an eternity. It probably wasn't that long. But, you know, those things happen, unfortunately. You know, we, we tested all week, so it's not like we didn't test. It was just one of those things where, during the game, something happened. If it was a, a surge or, you know, equipment fails. But uh, those are the two that really stick out to me. Um, I think we had someone hit a, a power pole or power in the area. And right before the game, we came in and everything was shut off. And when we rebooted the machines, obviously not everything came up the way it was supposed to. So, you know, scrambling last minute before the game. But, but everything, we got through the game. That's all that matters. So. Yeah, yeah, that's always fun when you have to deal with those issues. Oh yeah, for sure. So as far as uh, content, see, Greg's Greg's handling most of that, and then you've got uh, your web guys doing your intros. How much do you do most of your content in house, or do you hire hire some stuff out? No, most of our content actually is hired out. Um, last year we used Electronics in Game Changer. Game Changer uh, not only did the interactive games, but they created our uh, player intro and our. Uh, ship or basically our kickoff of kickoff video this year we're pretty much going with Dectronics on everything across the board except for um, Josh in-house is going to produce our um, team intro and we're going to do three of them to keep things fresh so that every game you come to is a little bit different um, but yeah most of it's outsourced uh, we just we don't have the staff for it um, and you know when you when you hire a company like Dectronics or uh, big screen networks or someone like that you know you're, you're paying for that quality too so you know it's really hard to to get a group of animators or graphics people um where you know these companies third parties can help us out with that yeah yeah and they've always done a pretty good job for us uh yeah absolutely good old fred deramus how's he doing yeah he's good i actually i don't work with him too much i've worked with uh recently with bob lee a lot which yeah. is great because we had such a great relationship at georgia um and so they're they're creating a lot of content right now pushing it out so i mean that's my main focus in the off season is to really get all these proposals and you know figure out what direction we're going to go we have a new marketing campaign uh, which i think we just launched uh friday maybe so if you're in tampa you'll see all the new uh, billboards and stuff like that and so we're really pushing to to bring it all together you know we have this new marketing campaign to not just have it outside the stadium but also bring it in the stadium so um one of the things that you'll see this year which i'm very curious to see how it plays out is uh we're going with white in our in our display or our 
in-game production. So Ooh. it's always always been kind of a no-no in video production just because it's so bright and so, uh, yeah, basically just so bright and a lot of things get washed out. But with these new displays, it, it actually looks fantastic. So, really? Because that's yeah. it, it, normally that's been the issue is that uh, anytime you put white on a display, it really shows all the flaws in the display. Yeah, so you know, <laughs> for, for one, it's year two, so hopefully there's no flaws in our displays. But, um, you know, it's, we've ran a couple examples on the boards, and it just looks amazing. So we'll still awesome. have some content from last year that's red and pewter and stuff like that. But our main focus is and our main campaign is white. And uh, so it's, it'll be a challenge, but I think, uh, I think it's, it could be cool. I mean, we, we'd be the only ones doing it. So, Yeah, very neat. Very neat. So coming from college and now going into your, your second season in the pros, what mm-hmm. are the main differences you've noticed? Uh, a lot more pressure. Um, a lot more pressure, but less games. At Georgia, I think I did my last season 230 events. So, you know, there was you switch gears constantly. Like Friday night, you'd have basketball, football you'd have on Sunday or Saturday. And then Sunday, you might have volleyball or something. So that's been a nice little break, not having to worry about all these little sports on the side. Uh, I shouldn't say little sports because there were some pretty big productions, but um, and mainly just focusing on one sport. But because of that, you're focusing on just one sport. You're throwing all your marbles into one basket, and you know really having to bring your A game. So um, I think it's just when I say more stress or just kind of more, uh, I guess more stress is probably the best word to use it. There's just a lot more um, going on. You know, in college, you know certainly there was rules that you have to follow about you know not playing audio here and there but your team might not get a penalty or a fine um in the nfl certainly there's there's a lot more uh or their li- uh, liability i guess so if we play you know music after a certain point on a play clock or in game um our team can get signed up to like 10 or fifteen thousand dollars so Ooh, you, know, you don't, want to, we, you don't <laughs> want to be on the receiving end of that exactly so and it's tough i mean you certainly you want to push the limits you know you're there to to keep the crowds and get or the fans engaged and loud. And, you know, at the same time, you know, you have rules, so you have to kind of stay within those boundaries. So it, it's a challenge, I think. And also in college, you know, I was more in a control room. I actually never even saw a Georgia game the entire 11 years I was there. I was <laughs> behind closed doors in a monitor, like a control room and just looking at monitor walls. So now I'm sitting, you know, front row on game day looking out. And now I have just a little monitor in front of me with all the camera angles. So that, that's been a little bit of adjustment. You know, I've more the, the eyes in the sky where at Georgia I had someone that kind of helped me with that that was out on press row. So, you know, I'm, I'm having to pay attention to, to little things that I never really, I wouldn't say cared about, but it wasn't really my job responsibility. So, you know, that, and then certainly sitting next to the PA and, you know, the DJ, um, just having a lot more responsibility, um, uh, kind of amplifies it a little bit, but there's nothing like it, you know, it's definitely worth it. So, um, you know, I would say the biggest difference there is just, uh, at least in my role, um, you have a lot more responsibility and there's a lot more liability as far as, you know, making sure you're, you're following the rules basically. Yeah. And, and you do spend the entire off season worried about football. It's not like, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a different, different game you're in now for sure. Yeah, no, and it's fine. I mean, there's nothing like it. And that's the thing, you know, you got 10 games and that's why we rehearse, you know, it's like a Broadway show as at least as far as what, um, our leadership has told us is, you know, Broadway show, you know, you, you got to put on the best show you can. You only get 10 opportunities, you know, at Georgia, you know, granted we only had so many football games, but you know, you, you have all season to produce. So you're really always producing We're here. You get that giant break and now we don't you know play a game until the end of August. So it's like, Hey, do I remember how to do this? Or I remember how to do that. So it's, it's a little bit more of a challenge just having that giant break. 
but it's also really nice too. So, uh, can you think of anything that's like a a really good memory? Like you, you know, you were trying something new, or uh, you weren't sure if something was going to work, and everything just fired on all cylinders. And, and yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, the, the first thing I say saw in my mind, and that's only because you know I came from Georgia, and we you may have even been there. But uh, uh, were you there? when We had like the players dance on the field, and it was the Soldier Boy. Pretty, yeah, pretty electric. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, so, I was there for a blackout game. Yeah, and that's still, I mean, that memory's never going to fade. I mean, that was probably one of my favorite games at Georgia. Uh, there was so much energy. Uh, the blackout, no one knew about the black jerseys, and we had players dancing, and it was just, it was electric. Like, that stadium, I mean, we were in, you were there in the control room. You could feel it through yeah. the walls. Um, near the end of the season uh, in Tampa here, we had an uh, opportunity to make the playoffs, and we were in it. Uh, it's one of the better seasons, you know, again, it was my first season, but one of the better seasons that they've had here in a while. And uh, I can't remember what game, if I had to guess, it was either Seattle or uh, against the New Orleans Saints. But close game, I think we were either up by a touchdown or maybe up by a point, and we needed our defense to get in it. And uh, our crowd was, it was electric. I felt that, almost that same vibe. And we had players, we either just scored a touchdown, I think, or a field goal, we were about to kick off. And the players were just, players and fans the players started dancing fans got louder and it was just kind of a back and forth thing and we you know obviously certainly showed it with our our cameras and our giant screens in the stadium and um that was probably my favorite moment that was near the end of the season so i'm really hoping we carry that whole energy and excitement for the tampa bay buccaneers into this season because it was just it was nothing like it like i said it gave me chills actually i hadn't felt that in a while you know work so many games and you kind of become numb to a lot of the stuff but there's those little moments you're like oh my gosh this is amazing like the crowds in it and it's almost like the the fans were interacting with the players you know you, as the players were dancing having a good time and uh the fans were getting louder and you could just even with every camera shot that we took with the fans they're all smiling and having a good time so that's that's what we're in this business to do so well yeah and that's why it's important to create room in your rundown like you were saying because if you had yeah. to if you had to throw in a 30 second spot there that would just kill the entire stadium so it's exactly it's nice exactly. to be able to produce around that and and really ampl- yeah. amplify those moments yeah i'm very fortunate here I, i've got been given the tools to to really do that kind of stuff where you know some places they may have basically sold their entire show right front to back you know and here it's you know we want our fans to have fun you know that's the whole point we want fans to come out watch a football game be engaged and, you know, go home and remember that experience. I'm sure you probably talked to somebody else about last season. They might even bring up that exact same thing because they remember it. it yeah, was, yeah. It was fun. So, Well, that's all right. So so a quick uh, memory of mine. One of the first Georgia games that I ever worked with you, um, we, we had to move the control room from basketball to football. We ended up oh, in gosh. the football stadium uh, on Friday night, and we happened to be on the field when the paratroopers were practicing. So they were doing a test run. So the paratroopers were going to be coming in the next day and dropping the game ball. You know, so they were parachuting out of a plane and uh, yep. landing on the field. So they did a practice run Friday night. We just happened to be there as they were landing. And dude kind of walked over to us and he's like, hey, um, are you all the video guys? And you're like, yeah. He's like, well, uh, do you want this GoPro footage that I just shot from, from you know, jumping out of the plane? So, I remember this. Dude, so so you racked up that GoPro footage and uh the stadium lights were on when they when they jumped on Friday night. So on Saturday, you played it at the exact right time. 
And, you know, as the mic man is down on the field telling everybody in the stadium that, you know, 10,000 feet above us, you know, eight guys have just jumped out of a plane. <laughs> you play that footage from, from the Friday night jump. And everybody thinks it's live and, and I'm standing on the field watching this and you, you see like at first you see a couple people look at the video board and kind of realize what they're seeing and they, they point at it. And then before long, like the entire, you know, 80,000 people were staring at this video board or 92,000 people were staring yeah. at this video board watching footage of the paratroopers, you know, flight. And uh, you cut away from it just before you could see it was an empty stadium. So, yep. I mean, it, it just worked seamlessly. You cut away right as the uh, the first guy came into view and started landing on the field. And, I mean, you want to talk about chills. That's awesome. Like, you had 92,000 people with chills. It was it was a very memorable moment for me. I, I do remember that. That was that was a lot of fun. That was, uh, that was it, like you said, it was very uh, random. You know, had we not been in the stadium at that right time when those guys were jumping to, to even talk to those guys about footage, um, that would have never been pulled off. So, and it was a night game. You know, if it was day, they would have seen an empty stadium, so we wouldn't have been able to use it. Oh, so. yeah. There's there's a hundred reasons why that should not have worked. Exactly. But it worked, and it worked perfect, and, and it was it was really cool. Yeah, that was awesome. I do remember that. All right. Um, are there any specific like tools or pieces of software or equipment that, that make your job as a producer something you couldn't live without? Um, the only thing that we started, I did at Georgia probably the last, I don't know, five years that I was there is uh, I very much go into every game as a coach almost. And I think that a lot of that comes back to at Georgia. Um, and you were, I think, a student when I first brought you on. Um, you know, I'm working with students, so I'm constantly not only producing the show, but I was also training and basically overseeing all these students and making sure that they're doing what they need to be doing. At the same time, time trying to put on this, you know, professional, like you said, in front of like 100,000 fans show. And so I started creating this coaches sheet. And it's basically very similar to what you see the coaches on the sideline carrying around, um, usually hiding their face behind it, whatever. But um, the idea there is that, you know, especially for me, it's very easy to kind of forget about the, the random stuff. When I say random, you know, you have your rundown, you know, hey, at first quarter, time on number one, I'm going to run Publix Tailgater the game, you know, and then certainly that stuff never runs where it's supposed to because you have to move it all around. But um, there's crowd prompts. There's these fan prompts. There's, uh, you know, Georgia, we did live look-ins. We're doing something very similar here with our red zone. And so it's very easy to forget, like, even who's playing who during the game or that, that day. You know, at Georgia, it was like, all right, Florida's playing Auburn and we needed Florida to lose or anytime we showed Florida losing on the video board in front of Georgia fans, you know, they would eat it up. So now I've got this coach's sheet and it's got, you know, basically little thumbnails almost, you know, little snippets of the animation. I can look down and I have a defensive section. I have an offense section. I even have our rundown kind of really small little area. And I have like all the game matchups for that day. Um, And that sits in front of me. It's very simple. It's, you know, it's a legal piece of paper. Um, but it's very visual. And again, it's, you know, when I'm not in, when I'm not doing the rundown and during a break, I'm in game, I'm engaged with the fans. And so I can look down and very much like see everything in one spot. Um, and that's helped me a lot. Um, I know that I've kind of shown that off a little bit and uh, other producers were you know kind of blown away by it. So, you know, something to think about, you know, there's, there's certain pieces that you really just can't script for, um, or, you know, building your rundown. For example, we do a Tampa Bay chant, uh, we throw uh, beads off our pirate ship, and those are very random things. Like we only do those if we're you know, we score a touchdown, we're winning, we're on defense. Uh, every time we enter the red zone, 
uh, our entire stadium turns red. Again, that's not in a rundown. It's nowhere, nowhere in a rundown that you would see that. So I kind of have to remember to use all or do all those things throughout the game. And some of those are sponsors, so it's very, very important that they get in. So that's probably like been the biggest tool. Um, that's something that Greg has helped build with me, uh, especially at Georgia, and then we brought it here. Um, outside of that, really, uh, I would say probably biggest tool I can have is Dan Roy, um, <laughs> our engineer, man. He kills it. I couldn't be any more lucky to have that guy as our engineer. So, you know, he's, he's running around. So anything breaks, you, you ever come into our control room on game day, you'll probably hear me yell Dan Roy about 10 <laughs> times. And it could be just because my headset, I can't figure out which button to push, but he's always there for us. And Everybody needs certain. a Dan Roy. It's always a pleasure exactly. to work with him. He's, he's a yeah, sharp guy. So. So I'm very lucky to have him, but yeah, no, uh, that's, that's about it, really. I mean, it's all this. I mean, you you produce live events. A lot of it's seat of your pants. I mean, there's certain things that you can prepare for, but you know, it's trying to mentally prepare yourself for the stuff that you don't know is going to happen. Mike, do snap. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Anytime. All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Inside the Control Room with Mike Doosnap of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As I mentioned before the interview, Mike was awesome enough to share with us an example game script as well as a copy of that coach's sheet he was talking about. Plus, Dan Roy, the Bucks engineer, sent us over a video tour of their control room. To download a copy of the script and cheat sheet as well as watch the video, head over to inthecr.com slash 004 and you'll see it all right there. We'll be right back again here next week talking with Matt Coy, former producer of the Dallas Cowboys, to discuss his experience producing beach volleyball at the Rio 2016 Summer Olympics. Until then, have a great show, everybody. Everybody.